Full disclosure, this is a meaty word. This is a substantial message and this is an important subject. We have been in a relationship series called Unhinged. And uh, the topic that I'm about to speak on, I believe with all my heart, is something that every one of us actually needs to learn. I think this is incredibly important. Actually, oftentimes when you speak on uh, relationships, which we do at least once a year, you know, you can approach it from the point of view of different types of relationships. You know, it's dating and it's marriage. That's good. We need to speak to that. Um, but oftentimes when you hear somebody teaching about something that's not your season, it's easier to try to check out. But truth be told, the message today affects every one of you and every one of your relationships. So this, this is like front and center, crucial, critical for us to think about. So I'm speaking this morning on healthy boundaries. I'm gonna talk about boundaries here in church this morning. Think about the last 30 days of your life and think about a time when you said yes, but you should have said no. Somebody wanted your time, somebody wanted your money, somebody wanted you to do their work for them. I didn't know what the thing was and you went, yes. And I don't know if you immediately regretted it or if just later you regretted it, but maybe you regretted it because it cost you something to not have a healthy boundary in that moment to say no and say a yes that either you didn't mean or you didn't wanna say, or that later cost you time or energy or money, or if nothing else cost you the ability to do what you should have been doing in that moment. That's what happens when we don't have healthy boundaries or emotional boundaries. You know, have you ever found yourself taking too much responsibility for other people's emotions? I'm not talking about compassion or empathy, that's, that's very healthy. I'm talking about where you take on other people's emotions as if they were your own. In fact, in fact not only do you do that, but then you try to fix other people's feelings. Or worse, you try to fix them. How did that go? Did that go well? The whole like the boundaries thing in the area of emotions, it's a big deal. And truthfully, even as Christians, we struggle with this. The truth is the gospel has the answers for this, but many all out in love with Jesus, followers of Christ, would say they struggle to know how and when to say yes, how and when to say no, and to do it in a healthy way. And because of that, we find out we kind of harm ourselves mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and our own well-being. On the one hand, some followers of Christ live like a doormat and actually think that's very spiritual. We'll get to that in a minute. And they basically just, everybody just, they're like an unlocked house. Just take what you want from me, right? And then on the other extreme, some people, some Christians are like, so up in the unhealthy boundaries that they're like Fort Knox, nobody can get close to them. And that's not healthy either. When we live with healthy boundaries and we apply these principles to our lives, you know what? We experience freedom. When we, when we apply healthy boundaries, we experience health in our relationships. So, but, but before I get to that, let's talk for a minute about what boundaries even are. Let's back it up. Rather than just assume we mean the same thing when I say boundaries. Let's, here's a good definition that I appreciate of what a boundary is. Very practical. This whole message is very practical today. A property line that defines who owns, controls, and is responsible for what. That's what a, that's what a, a boundary is. It's a property line. And it defines some very important things. Who owns this? Who controls this? Who's responsible for this? Of course, there's a very natural parallel in the area of property lines on a piece of land. Right, oftentimes, even on you know, vacant land, it's got no construction on it yet. You'll see those little pegs in the ground. Somebody has taken the time 
to mark out who owns this, who controls this. And actually, if anything happens on that piece of land, who's responsible for this piece of land? I wonder if we have anywhere near that kind of clarity in our relationships. Boundaries are important. We, uh, we rent an apartment in Brooklyn with an outdoor space. And there's a tree. We really like the tree. There's a tree in our space that our neighbour does not like. And uh, actually the neighbour you know, took, took photos, sent it to our landlord and basically wanted our landlord to cut down the tree. But here's the deal. I mean, New York law makes this very plain. It's on our side of the boundary. So actually our landlord can do whatever she wants with our tree as long as it's on our side of the fence. Interestingly, one of the branches broke and is now dangling over their side of the fence. Now, she out of the goodness of her heart is probably gonna get somebody to take care of that branch. But here's something that was surprising to me. I discovered actually New York law says that branch is the neighbor's responsibility because it's over their side. So she could actually refuse to have it taken care of and have them do it because it's on their side. And if, and if she didn't want them to cut off the branch and they decided that they wanted to, she can't stop them because it's on their side of the fence. So why am I going down this path? You're all like, I'm not in a fight with my neighbor right now. Okay, I know, I know, I know. And you're like, I wish I had an outdoor space, right? Classic New York thing, right? <laughs> Jealousy. Um, but the truth is, do we have anywhere near, uh, anywhere near that kind of clarity in our relationships to say, hey, this is mine and that is yours. That's what boundaries do for us. If we want life-giving marriages, relationships, friend, uh, friendships, co-workers, you know, actually some people would imagine when I talk about boundaries that, oh, if I had boundaries, it'd be like I'm a captive. Actually, the opposite is true. Boundaries, this is ironic, it's counterintuitive. Boundaries actually bring us freedom. Psalm 16 puts it this way. David said, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. Now listen to this. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. So let's sit on this scripture just for a minute. David is speaking about boundaries, not in a negative way, in a positive way. He says, God, your boundaries for me that mark out my, my lot, as he describes it. Your boundaries for me, they've fallen in pleasant places. In other words, God, I embrace, I'm thankful for the boundaries that you've set for me. And I think there are a couple of reasons why he says that. And they're, they're either side of that sentence because he says, you're my portion of my cup. Listen, you make my lot secure. That's what boundaries do. They make you secure. Sometimes we wonder, why do I feel insecure? Why don't I have security in my life? Oftentimes it's because we fail to embrace healthy boundaries. And then he says, they've fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I don't think it's a coincidence that David connects together here the idea of having healthy boundaries with having security and retaining your inheritance in life. That's, these things, they go together. They're pleasant. You know, what's interesting is, is I think this idea of security is connected to our freedom in God. They did a study years ago of children and how they play. Huge open field and they put a playground right in the middle, this play equipment, jungle gym. And they let test groups of children come in one after the other to play. And they observed the same thing time and again. The children would come in, they got all this room to play and they huddled right to the play equipment in the middle. Even though they had the whole field to play with, they played just on the equipment in the middle until the, the sociologists running the study changed one thing. They put a fence around the field. And when they brought in new groups of children, it's unconscious. The kids were likely not even aware of the, the fence or no fence, but you know, they played right to the edges of the field when there was a boundary in place. Now you think, okay, that's children. I believe the same thing is true of you and I in life. I, I believe actually, sadly, we experience less freedom 
When we, when we don't have those boundaries, when we don't allow the fences like David called it to fall in pleasant places for us, actually we experience sadly less of the freedom that God has for us instead of more. I go so far as to say that healthy relationships only occur where there are healthy boundaries. Let that thought sit with you for a minute because some of us, we want this impossible thing. Let me say this in the negative. You cannot build healthy relationships on unhealthy boundaries. But some of us, we, wanna, we, we don't wanna follow God's teaching and the wisdom of the Scriptures in this area, but we still wanna have the other outcome. We want healthy relationships, but to live without healthy boundaries. It just, it doesn't work that way. In fact, if this is a challenge for you, and I suspect based on the experience of preaching this over and over against across our, our communities this, this last month, many of us struggled. Let me rec- recommend a few books. We're gonna put them up on the screen. Here are a few books I would encourage you to read. One, Boundaries, there it is, right in the title, by Henry Cloud and John. This is like one of the foundational books on this subject. It's called Boundaries. They also read another great book called Safe People. Danny Silk, who I'll quote a few times uh, today, he wrote a great book called Keep Your Love On that rocked our world on sabbatical this summer. Andy and I, has got two whole chapters there about boundaries. Uh, Pete Scazzaro, another pastor here in the city, wrote Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, good resources. Based on my experience, let me, let me tell you, at the end of the service, I'm, I'm gonna pray a prayer of faith over people that are working on this. This might be the seventh or eighth uh, time I've preached this message at Liberty Communities this month. Without fail, half the room or more have raised their hand to say, this has been a challenge for me. This has been on time for me. So if that's you, you're in good company. But let's, let's, let's talk for a minute about why boundaries matter. What's the big why around this? Even if we sort of fundamentally agree that this is a good idea, why is it so important? Why do do boundaries matter? I think some of us, we push back a little bit on the importance of boundaries, but we need to buy into the why. The first first reason that they matter is that boundaries are about valuing ourselves and others. Where we tend to get this wrong and where boundaries often come unstuck is where we only value ourselves or we only value others or we don't realize that the whole idea of boundaries is about communicating and prioritizing value. Mutuality though. I matter and you matter and therefore for both of our values sake, we need healthy boundaries. If we wanna have a relationship that's grounded in love, which is what the whole thing's about. Boundaries communicate value, right? Even on a piece of land, those pegs in the ground, they communicate. So the, t- the fact that somebody set a boundary communicates there's ownership here, there's value here, there's responsibility here. Now the Bible says to us in John 13, 34, Jesus gives us a, a sense of a boundary in our relationships with each other. He says this, he says, a new command I give you, love one another. It's a boundary. Then he clarifies the boundary because people like to define love and truth and many other things all their own way these days. He says, as I have loved you. So you must love one another. How did Jesus love? Well, it's right there in the Scripture, right? Sacrificial, unconditional. Jesus dignifies others. Yeah, yeah, He's saying, I want you to love, but not just any kind of love. I want you to love with the kind of love you've seen me model and I'm empowering you to give. By this, will everyone know you're my disciples if you love one another? So why don't we do it? Well, we struggle with boundaries sometimes because we have low self-esteem. Or sometimes because we have this beautiful thing, like this big servant heart, right? And we wanna be, hey, we should be servants. Even Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom. for." But the thing is, Jesus also knew who He was. I think sometimes as Christians, we might have a revelation of servanthood, but we, if we don't pair that with a revelation that you are a son or a daughter of the most high living God, that you were worth the blood of Jesus, if we don't connect 
the value of others and the value of ourselves together before God, we're going to miss this. Or sometimes we just lack discernment. We lack wisdom. And, uh, and so we don't see what's going on in other people around us. Because by the way, there are two kinds of boundary issues we need to watch out for or people with boundary issues that we need to look out for. One is boundary less people, right? And the other is boundary crosses. And hand on heart, we could probably all in this room say at different times, I've been one of those things or both of those things at the same time, right? Boundary less, the doormat, but boundary crosses, you're kind of disrespecting, even if we see the boundaries of others, it's dangerous. So, so what does God tell us to do instead? How are we gonna live with love? Matthew 22, Jesus responds to a question. It says, what is the greatest commandment in the law? It says, Jesus replied, this is good. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, right? So we get it. But then he adds this, he says, and the, this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, you wanna fulfill everything, all the law and the prophets that hangs on. It's like the master key is love God, all your heart, soul and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So, but we, what we hear oftentimes is love God and love others. Yeah, and love your neighbor what? As yourself. Love your neighbor in the way that you learn to love yourself. <laughs> so no wonder we struggle when I was like, I wanna be a good neighbor, I just wanna love people. But meanwhile, I also despise myself, pile on shame and guilt. And I don't learn to see the value, the Imago Dei, the image of God in me. No wonder I can't love others. Well, actually I am. I'm loving them just like I'm not loving myself. I'm not loving them, right? We gotta love others as we learn to love ourselves. That's why there's mutuality in our, in our boundaries, mutual value. If boundaries make you uncomfortable, let me just throw out a, a thought. It's not just about you. See, because what we can do is we give ourselves this little permission script because we're like, you know what? It's okay. You know, some people really need boundaries, but I can take it. Okay, but that's not the whole story. Just because you've got a high pain threshold and you don't get as bothered as easily as the next person doesn't mean it's good for you to live boundaryless or allow others to be boundary crosses because you know what? You're teaching them how to treat you. Number two, you're, te you're teaching them how to treat each other. And number three, you're modeling for others what's okay in the kingdom. So for me as a parent, it's like, hey, I can't go down the I can take it path because I'm teaching my children something in that moment. I'm teaching them it's okay to be boundaryless or I'm teaching them it's okay to be a boundary crosser. And I just don't see that in the gospel, amen? I gotta be more powerful than that. You know, here's a simple boundary I have. You know, we're a church planting church. So I have church planters or would-be church planters reaching out all the time probably literally every week. Email, Instagram, whatever, conferences. Hey, I, you know, I'd love to talk to you about what's happening. I love what's happening at Liberty Church. Can we connect? Here's my boundary. Because of course, I love that. I, you know, I'm wired, kind of apostolic. I love, but I, you know, just because they message me doesn't mean I automatically in that moment have to drop everything. Yeah, let's talk. So this is what I usually say. Hey, I'd love you to email my assistant. Let's set up a time. Here's her email address. Do you know, more than 50% of people never send the email. So what does that tell you? That's just a simple, healthy boundary in my life. Did I have to, in that moment, stop everything just because somebody over here needed something? And I could spiritualize how very noble that is of me to keep on dropping it. But you know what? It wasn't even worth an email for them. Did I really have to drop everything and say, let's do this right here, right now? Do we have boundaries for ourselves that value our time, value others? It's mutual value. The second thing is that boundaries inform us. Boundaries inform us. 
They give us information. If somebody crosses my boundaries, I don't have to drop on the floor, have a tantrum, a hissy fit, and a little meltdown, and burn the relationship to the ground. It's just, it's information. It's information, right? It's like, it's like in the dashboard of my relationship with someone just like, bing, little light comes on, right? Okay, so examples. Somebody gives me a hug and it just gets to that point where it's awkwardly long. You know, I ever had one of those hugs where it's like, uh, do I, do, at what point can I exit this hug? You know what I mean? And it starts to feel like, I don't know what this is about, but I feel like whatever it's about, it's not me. It's something that's happening in you right now. It's just kind of weird. So I don't have to be like, you cross my boundaries. It's like, bing, a little light comes on. I was like, that's interesting. I'll watch that. I wonder if there's any more where that came from. It's information, right? Maybe, uh, maybe somebody promises to help me with something and then they let me down. Well, I'm not gonna burn the relationship to the ground, but that's a, that's a boundary cross for me. Maybe somebody who's really just kind of more of an acquaintance kind of rails me and puts a guilt trip on me. You don't make time for me anymore. It's like, okay, that's interesting. What about, you know, somebody who's not that close of a friend, but they know I'm on a vacation or I'm with family and then they, they, they cross a boundary and they like, can, can we talk about something that could have waited? For me, none of these things are a big deal necessarily, but they're information. Each one of them is an opportunity to notice a healthy boundary got crossed and I can wonder, is there something unhealthy in our relationship? I don't have to knee-jerk respond. I don't have to deal with it necessarily in that moment, but it's information. And I think I ignore that information at my peril. Have you ever sort of one day just started to not feel 100% in your body, like get a little bit of a sore throat or you start to feel achy? You have a decision in that moment. Like, do I, do I listen to that little warning light or do I push through because there's a lot to be done? Sometimes you can push through and you dodge a bullet and all is well, but isn't it true that sometimes the next thing that happens when you ignore that little warning light is your body just goes into a like straight meltdown. And you think, what if I had have addressed it back here instead of all the way over here? Relationships are the same. Some of us wonder, why do I have so much drama in my life? Well, there could be lots of reasons for it, but may I submit to you that sometimes the drama could have been averted or headed off way back over here if we had paid more attention to the information coming to us through healthy boundaries. See, it says in Proverbs 27, verse five to six, better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. What does that mean, an enemy multiplies kisses? My take, that's really about flattery. It's about insincerity. It's like the actions and the heart don't line up in there. In their heart, you're an enemy to them, but they say the right thing. And I would much rather what the Bible calls wounds of a friend. You think, wait a minute, I don't want wounds from, I got enough wounds from my enemies. I don't need wounds from my friend. But hey, these, these are the wounds that are aimed to heal. Is it hard for me to hear when somebody says, hey, when you spoke to me like that, I, I felt dishonored by you. That's hard feedback, right? But am I gonna become a better friend, a better follower of Jesus if I can take a wound from a friend? You better believe it. And in fact, are they a true friend? If they see a blind spot in me that I don't see, because hello, it's a blind spot, and they don't tell me, hey, I don't even think that's true friendship. But wounds of a friend can be trusted. So the Bible shows us how to resolve conflict in a biblical way, how to walk these things out in a biblical way, like it says in Matthew 18. This is talking about even sin. It says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. Notice it doesn't say call them out on social media, by the way. Just the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. This is the first step in conflict resolution. 
If they do not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. If they refuse to listen to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. What's the Bible saying? Hey, without getting into all the nitty gritty of conflict resolution today, the point is there is a healthy process for resolving even conflict. In fact, conflict is important, even necessary for us to have Christ-centered relationships. By the way, side note, you should not have identical boundaries with every person in your life. That's sometimes why we come unstuck. One size fits all is actually, is actually not the way. For me, I have different boundaries with Andy, my wife, for instance, than I have with my kids. That's healthy and appropriate. I have different boundaries with my close friends than I would with a distant acquaintance or somebody just met for the first time, right? Boundaries. Number three, boundaries protect us. They protect us. The Bible calls us to guard our hearts. It's in uh, Proverbs 4.23. It says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. There's a lot that's caught up. This is not just talking about the physical organ in your body, right? This is talking about your heart is your values, thoughts, feelings, passion, sins, weakness, dreams, history, strengths. It's like, who, you, you know? Are we, but are we guarding that? Are we guarding what's going on in the inside of us? Healthy boundaries, Help us in practical ways to guard our hearts. And, but one of the reasons in a sort of a, a faux spirituality that we push back on having boundaries in Christendom sometimes, one of the reasons that we push back is because we, on some unconscious level, we bought the lie that boundaries are selfish. Because that's how we feel sometimes as we're learning to do this in a Christ-centered way. Sometimes we feel a little bit selfish when we set a boundary. Or we even have a misconception that Jesus had no boundaries. We'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) You know, it's not selfish for you to have a fence around your house. It's not selfish for you to lock your apartment as you leave. It's not selfish for you to keep your bank account, pin a uh, secret or to sleep at night. This is called stewarding the resources of your life. That's the point here. The point is we only have, this is, this is, you got to get this. This is about stewardship. It's not about selfishness. It's about stewardship. Stewardship is just a good Bible word for (laughs) self-management. You have only so much time, only so much energy, only so much money. You have finite resources. So therefore, just steward, manage them under God, your time, your talent, your treasure, whatever it is. In order to do that, you have to have healthy boundaries. And when we don't do that, then we, we wonder, why am I so exhausted all the time? Why are people using me? Why do I feel depleted? Why am I stressed out, over busy? Why do I want to fall in a heap? Hey, one of the places that we ought to check if we're feeling any of the above or all of the above is, how are my boundaries? Because Proverbs 22.3 says, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. <laughs> Guilty as charged, right? Anybody else feel a little bit convicted? I have been the simple and I paid the penalty. It was expensive, right? Now, I didn't say this, this whole message has zero condemnation today. But I do hope that the Word of God and the wisdom of God is leading us to notice areas of our life where, hey, I got work to do in this because we only have so much resource in life and it's incumbent on us to direct that towards what God would have for us. Danny Silk, uh, in his book, Keep Your Love On. Ooh, I nearly threw my iPad. That would have been exciting. Uh, he wrote this. He said, the only people you want to connect yourself with are those who respect the value of your life and their own lives. There it is again. It's mutual, right? Mutual value. Only then will your relationships be built on mutual respect and shared fruitfulness. 
The people you need to be able to set boundaries with are the people who recognize the value of your life, but want to relate to you as consumers. That's a key word. It's a different mindset, isn't it? The mindset of a consumer. Here to take what I can get from you. They are attracted to you and the good things that you have to offer, but they're not offering much from their garden in return. They may be good people who act polite nice, nice, uh, for things nicely, or they, they may be people you find attractive and want so much to impress that you feel tempted to offer yourself up for consumption, or they may be aggressive, selfish users who use intimidation and manipulation to bleed you. But you need a plan for dealing with the kinds of consumers who come into your garden. The beautiful thing is that when you have the necessary boundary in place, you don't have to treat consumers like the enemy. If your garden has a fence up, you can choose to throw some fruit over for a deer or offer a carrot to a bunny. What's he trying to say? The fence gives you the power of choice, right? Without a fence, the animals are just gonna take what they're gonna take from the garden. The fence still allows you to choose in that moment what you do with the resource of your life. When you have healthy boundaries, you stay in control of the resources of your life and manage them towards your priorities. Boundaries are important. They protect us. They preserve us. And by the way, they'll also keep you from temptation. Maybe a thing for another day, but you could teach a whole message on boundaries and sexual purity, for instance. Because we ignore sensible boundaries to our peril. We wonder, why do I end up in all these tempting situations? Well, let's have boundaries conversations. Places I won't go, things I won't do, limits that I won't pass can keep me from unnecessary temptation too. So, even if we all agree they're important, they're biblical, Jesus models them, I think this next part is where we tend to break down. I wanna talk about three obstacles to creating boundaries. Three obstacles. The first is fear of loss of relationship. One of the reasons we often struggle to set boundaries, one of the common reasons, is that we are afraid if we set healthy boundaries, this person's not gonna be my friend, this person's gonna leave me, now, there's a lot that's you know, sort of bound up in that idea. If that was true, it begs a lot of questions about what your relationship is built on, right? If in order for you to have a healthy boundary, you know, you would lose a relationship, I would question, what is this relationship actually built on? And full disclosure, to be honest, if you've lived largely as a boundary-less person and you're learning now to do this in Christ, or if you've had maybe a particular relationship that has been boundaryless, and you try for the first time, to really implement some healthy boundaries, which you should, I'm just saying, you can expect maybe a little bit of conflict in the beginning. It's okay, it wouldn't be honest of me to say, it'll just go swimmingly. Actually, at times, maybe that'll be new. Maybe that'll be uncomfortable. Maybe some conversations need to be had. But this is the thing. We don't ever wanna hold back from having healthy boundaries just because we're afraid to lose a relationship. It's on a wrong foundation. So for instance, one foundation that I won't have in my relationships is I've, I've said a few times over the years to, to people that I, I would call friends, I said, I've said, hey, I'm not willing to, to make more effort in our relationship than you're willing to make. Like, I, I can't take on 100% of the responsibility for a friendship. You ever had somebody that's like, you never, you never, and it's like, okay, hang on for a minute. Let, let's talk, is this a two-way street? That's a healthy boundary, right, in a friendship says in Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Let's leave that up for a minute. This is, there's a lot in this. Some Christians naively live as though they can make peace with everyone. And I get Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Peace is a high value. But the Bible actually says here, it's not always possible because it says, if it is possible. In other words, it is not always possible. And actually there's like probably all kinds of 
things that are tied up in the idea that we alone can make peace in all of our relationships, it's a myth. And it's a costly myth to believe. The Bible just says, if it's possible, in as much as it depends on you. Another translation says, in as much as it's up to you, live at peace with all people. You are not, and you cannot be, responsible for the choices of others, the actions of others. You've got to take responsibility for you. And that's actually super liberating when you get a hold of that. I need to take responsibility for me. Even God doesn't take responsibility for my choices. He's all powerful, all knowing, loves me to pieces, sent Jesus to die in my place. And then guess what? Powerful boundary. Let me choose. Doesn't force me to follow Jesus or it wouldn't be real love, right? God says, your move. And that's the way it needs to be in our relationships too. Hey, I'll sacrifice. I'll go an extra mile. I'll meet you. But you know what? It's in as much as it's up to you. It's a two-way street to have a healthy relationship. You know, I had a pastor in the city just recently that I thought I had offended. Heard him speak a couple times and had huge respect for him. And when he would speak, he would like make these comments about pastors who come to the city. And I was like, I came to the city. And I hear, you never felt like you're like listening to somebody like, wait, is this me you're talking about, right? Am I your illustration, but you just haven't used my name? I felt really weird about it, like a couple times in different public settings. And so my heart, like, you know, I'm human. So I was like, like, I just wanted to retreat from that. It's uncomfortable. Maybe I won't go if that guy's speaking. And I was like, no, 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 let's move towards this, right? I'm not gonna fear the loss of relationship. Let's go there. So I made an appointment. I went and saw him. Had a great conversation. How's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Talked about different things. Got to the very end. And I said, hey, can I ask you something? He said, sure. I said, have I offended you? He says, he says what? I said, well, you know, when you say this, I've heard you teach on this. And when you've said that, I, I couldn't help wondering, man, did I, did I do something wrong? Have I offended you? If, if so, I want to own that. I'd like to apologize. And he laughed. He's like, no, no, no. What I meant was this. And, and then I was just about to leave. Like, okay, all is good. And as I'm, as I'm walking out of his office, he says to me, he says, you know, that was kind of gangster. I was like, what? <laughs> he says, you came up here in my office <laughs> and asked me if you've offended me. He said, I respect that. Gave me a big hug. <laughs> and it's like, you know what? the willingness just to go there and have the honest conversation and to apologize if in fact I had offended him, mended a relationship, actually made it stronger than running from that conflict would have done. Which is why I think the second thing that we, that we struggle with is the fear of conflict. Fear of loss of relationship. Secondly, fear of conflict. My conflict training as a child was conflict avoidance. I don't know if anybody else's family was like that. My family were black belts in conflict avoidance. Sweeping stuff under the carpet was our MO professionally, right? And uh, we've all had different training, but the truth is we shouldn't be afraid of conflict. Conflict is a part of healthy relationship. I don't mean 24 seven, all the time conflict, but it's unavoidable. There will be conflict in healthy relationships. And Jesus has conflict in the gospel. And then in Ephesians 4, it commands us, it says, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. What does it say? Speaking what? The truth in love. The truth in love. We gotta get these things together. They're right there in the values of our church. Love, truth, freedom, family, and others. Love and truth. If all I have is love and there's no truth, it's not real love. If all I have is truth with no love, that truth is not received. We need both truth and love in our relationships. We can learn, Christ can retrain us. The Holy Spirit shaping us from the inside out to do our conflict in a Christ-centered, Bible-based kind of a way. In fact, Henry Cloud in Safe People said, if you're uneasy about a relationship, ask yourself, does this relationship breed more togetherness or more isolation within me? 
If you feel alone in the relationship, that's not a good sign. But remember, the first person to look at is yourself. <laughs> right? It's what it's like to be a powerful person, to take responsibility for my boundaries and for my choices. Do I look first to myself? The third fear that we have is the fear of harming others. And I can understand that. Fear of harming others, that's a legitimate fear. We, we don't wanna harm people, but here's what we do. And I don't just mean to split hairs and get into semantics, but there's a difference between harm and hurt. When we think hurting somebody's feelings is harming them, we're in trouble. As a parent, if I feel like I'm harming my children by not being able to enforce a boundary with them or have consequences when they make a choice I know they're not allowed to make, well, actually, Sadly, I let them down. The real harm is the inability to have healthy boundaries. In the long run, it sets them up much worse to teach them to be boundaryless or boundary crosses than to have a few moments that might hurt. Like the example I gave before, maybe somebody gives me some feedback that's hard to hear. Well, hey, that's the wound of a friend. Hey, it might hurt for a moment, but it's the kind of hurt that's aimed at healing a relationship or growing me into the likeness of Christ, amen? A little bit of hurt's gonna happen from time to time in relationships. But Proverbs 27, 17 says it takes a grinding wheel to sharpen a blade. So one person sharpens the character of another. Sounds great. I want to be sharper. But do I? You know what I mean? Like when it really comes down to it, am I willing to have that kind of friendship? Am I really to, willing to be involved in that? I mean, people love liberty is all about community. Uh, yes. And it sounds very fluffy, but actually community sometimes is abrasive. Like sparks fly when you sharpen a sword, right? So if I'm willing, am I, who can sharpen me? Who can speak truth to me? We all need to be able to answer that question in our lives. Because if I live in a place where I'm constantly afraid of upsetting others or I don't want any conflict, I wouldn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm going to edit myself and filter myself. I can't even be free to be myself in my relationships. It's not healthy. So in the last couple of minutes that I've got, let me just kind of rapid fire give you some skills to develop if you wanna have healthy boundaries. Here's a couple of skills I would recommend. Number one, monitor your lies. Now you might be a little offended that I'm suggesting you're a liar and I apologize for that because I know you're a Christian, you're super holy. Uh, but uh, even if we just suspend the possibility for a moment that you don't lie, let's just go into like the kind of lies we tell ourselves in relationships, like the, the boundary moments where somebody says to you, who's a friend? They're like, oh, how are you doing? You're like, oh, I'm great, but you're not great. Like that's one of those little lies that we ought to monitor. Why is it that, I, that it's not okay for me to not be okay sometimes in my relationships? To me, that's information, right? I gotta make sure I monitor my lies. If somebody says, hey, can you help me with this? And it's gonna be on my day off. And the truth is, I'm not rested, I'm stressed and I got deadlines and I'm under the pump, but I don't feel like I can say no here. It's like, oh, that, that should be information for me to monitor the lies that I say. Yeah, it's fine, but in my heart, I'm already resenting them. It's like, Right, okay, boundary moment, Paul. Set a healthy boundary. So monitor your lies. Number two, use the word no often. <laughs> Some of us are super uncomfortable with saying no. It's almost like we, we think in Proverbs somewhere, it says, you know, thou shalt not say no. And uh, actually we need to learn to say no. We do ourselves and our loved ones and the mission of God in our life a huge disservice when we can't learn to just say no sometimes. What you gotta realize is your no is powerful and so is your yes. So actually your yes, what you gotta embrace is your yes is a no to everything else. So when we say yes to everything, or you know, we live like, like today it's FOMO, right? Oh, you know, I can't look at Instagram without like wishing I was here and wishing I was there and then at the same time actually missing what I could be doing with this moment, right? 
I can't do everything. I can't be everywhere. So I've got to make my yes powerful and I've got to be able to use my no freely. When we were still living in Australia and the kids were very little, you know, we moved to New York when the kids were four, two and one, right? We'd had three kids in three years and we were in a big church environment where um, a lot of people knew our family and they would come up to Zeke, our eldest, who's 14 now, so this is 10 years ago. And people would come up to him in the church services that they weren't like close to our family, but they kind of knew his face. Oh, Zeke, can I have a hug? And uh, if you know Zeke at all, like that's really, he's not like a physical touch person really. And he would know malice at all, would say, no. <laughs> and then you watch as a parent, like the person, sometimes they'd be fine with that. It's like, okay, that's cool. But then some people would like start to plead. Oh, come on, give me a hug, right? Awkward, right? And I just, I remember thinking in those moments, I'm glad like if he was ever mean about it, which he never was, I would have just had a sidebar with him later. Like, hey, next time you can say, no, thank you, okay? But I, there's a school of parenting that would say to him, come on, just give him a hug. That's dangerous. When he as a little person learning to be an adult and a powerful person, can't choose whether he wants a hug or not, something's broken, right? We gotta be able to use our yes and use our no powerfully. Third skill is to find out who you're giving your power away to. If you find yourself in lots of boundary issue types of situations with your relationships, then ask yourself, Holy Spirit, can you show me who I'm giving my power away to, the things that I'm supposed to own, control, and be responsible for? Matthew 7, 6 says, don't give dogs what's sacred. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they will trample them under feet and may turn and tear you to pieces. So who is it in your life? Is there somebody in your life where you've just not been a powerful person in God. Where are you giving your power away? And say, God, give me the wisdom and the strength, the courage to take the power back that you call me to be responsible for. Danny in the book, Keep Your Love On says, powerful people can be who they say they are on a consistent basis. And because they know how to be themselves, they invite those around them to be themselves. Only powerful people can create a safe place to know and be known intimately. They say, I can be me around you and you can be you around me. We don't need to control each other and we don't want to control each other. We can have a mutual agreement of respect and honour in which we both work to protect our connection. We stay tied together by the strength of the love we've built, not by the illusion that I can control you or that you need a rescuer. Amen? Come on, as the worship team come join me, I'll give you, I'll give you one more. Can I encourage you to practise being responsible? It's misspelt on purpose, in case you're stressing out, grammar freaks out there. Response able, able to respond. Because here's the thing, when we have bad boundaries, typically what comes with that is a warped definition of what it means to be responsible in life. Let me, let me off, because we take responsibility for things that we shouldn't and things that we can't control. And then actually, ironically, neglect the things that are our responsibility and what's on our side of the fence. You are responsible, able to respond and not merely to react. You're a powerful person. You know, I had healthy boundaries for our sabbatical. We took a break this summer, best thing, amazing. And you know what I did? I didn't check my work email. I got off Instagram, because how many know that can be a bunny hole for your emotions, right? I, I took all the project management apps on my phone and I moved them clear to the last page so I wouldn't even be tempted. I wouldn't even see them on a daily basis. What is that? It's just a boundary. Because I recognize when I look at Jesus that Jesus, he didn't do everything people wanted him to do. Sometimes people thought Jesus was late, Jesus was wrong. He said things that made people unhappy. Jesus was on mission for the Father. 
And as a result of that, at times, people didn't appreciate what Jesus was doing, but He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. And, and though He's all love, who from the cross can say, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. If you cross Jesus' boundaries, you knew about it. Like, did you read the one about Peter? When Jesus says He's gonna die, and Peter says, no, Lord tries to talk him out of going to the cross, which would have been really bad for all of us. Uh, and you know what Jesus says to Peter, like one of his best friends, get behind me, Satan. Yowzers, that's feedback. Talk about wounds of a friend. <laughs> Ouch, Satan, thank you. Okay, what happened? Peter just got onto something. Hey, 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 that's my side of the fence. I'm choosing this for the sake of everyone else. Boundaries. So let me pray for you.